So the message title today is called A Spirit of Faith. A Spirit of Faith. Do you have a spirit of faith? We know what's on the outside, but what's on the inside. Amen? Thank God Christine is here. We know what's on the outside, but what is in the inside? Spirit of faith, amen? Spirit of faith. So this series this month, we're focusing on faith in action. And in fact, that's the only thing faith can do, action. There's nothing passive about faith. And so I'm gonna take you on a bit of a journey. I'm gonna show various verses, biblical verses that just help us to really understand the magnitude and the depth and the breadth of faith. Is that okay? Activity does not mean progress. Activity does not mean progress. You can be busy, busy, busy and going nowhere. You can have lots of church services, singing songs, praying prayers, and actually accomplish nothing. In a few weeks' time, we'll be celebrating our 14th birthday as a church. We're just, we're just young. We're just young. We're just teenagers. No babies anymore. We're not kids, toddlers. We are young and excited about the future. 14 years is not much if you consider some churches have been around hundreds of years. You go to certain churches, Joyce and I, where were we recently? Um, uh, in Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Scotland. And we were, one of the churches there was started 11th century, 10th century. And they had a list of names of the pastors. And, the, you know, they've been there for 70 years, some of them. Like, I've only been here 14. And, and it was just incredible just to see the perspective. But the point I'm making is, is activity, activity, that's fine. But is the progress coming out of the activity? Do you want to do an activity that leads you somewhere, takes you somewhere? You don't want to be nowhere. You want to be somewhere. You don't want to be further behind. You want to be further ahead. So don't take it for granted that activity means progress, especially in the context of a church, local church. We can have lots of church services and achieve nothing, go nowhere and do nothing to advance the kingdom of God. So 14 years we're celebrating, but we took 18 months before we started a public service because when we came to Berlin from London, Joyce and I with our two kids, Isaac was seven, nine, Leela was nine. No, Isaac was nine, Leela, my daughter, was seven. And Leela said, she's like, Leela's so funny, she's like, we're going to Berlin. Okay, we'll go for seven Christmases. She has such a different way of measuring things, you know. Seven Christmases, okay, that's how she measures life, Christmases. But, um, but now she's studying uh, liberal arts in London at university there, and our son is here between Berlin and London. But they're all they're adults now, living their life and looking to the future. But what I'm trying to say is when we came here, we didn't start church services. We started basically dinner parties. We bought a big Ikea table. It's like small and then you fold it out five times and then it's big. You know, that's kind of Ikea table where you can put in your, anyway, we didn't have enough money for the chairs, but we put food on the table and we said, bring your best dish, bring your food. We used to have a saying, um, what was it we used to say um, about food? Um, uh, we had a saying about, you know, something to bring. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. And, and in other words, just bring food and bring your friends. And we started a service really uh, of hospitality and generosity. 18 months. 
It's 83 people in our living room. It's all open plan, kitchen, living, all joined. There was no walls in between. So, and I remember um, when we started getting up to 50 and 60, I told Jules to bring a keyboard and say, just tuck in the corner, start playing keys. Let's pretend we're having a church service. And we did all sorts. Leela's bedroom was the kids' church. I don't recommend doing this, by the way, but it's what we did. <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, why did we do that? But the point I'm making, Isaac's bedroom was the cloak room. <laughs> sorry, Isaac, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. But the point was, when you're pioneering and you're believing and you've got vision and you've... But we didn't create a service. We created a table of generosity and hospitality. And out of that, people responded because they weren't looking for a church service. They were looking for healing. They were looking for hope. They were looking for purpose, meaning, do you see me? Do you want to know me? Is there any way back for me? And through food and generosity and hospitality, we were able to create a table that said, hey, you are seen, you are noticed, you're not forgotten. God's got a great plan for your life, amen. And I remember believing God for salvation on Sundays when we did start a public service, we did it once a month. Because the team that was serving were exhausted. Our debriefs, our team briefs were in Dunkin' Donuts. First service we ever had was in Potsdamer Platz at the bottom of the cinema place that's closed now, I think. And what I'm trying to say to you is here we are 14 years later, still excited about building the house of God, amen? But it's still gonna be generosity and hospitality. But let's not think activity means progress. You gotta come closer to the vision. You gotta come closer to the why, the how and the what. We're now representing people from all walks of life. Every continent that you can imagine. And it's like, wow, look what God is doing. But we can't be a group of individuals doing our own thing. It's not Christian consumerism. It's the house of God. It's vision. It's common purpose. It's where are we going together? How can we serve God together? And that's what's going on right now. So let's understand having a spirit of faith is going to help us overcome whatever naturally works against us. So activity doesn't mean progress, but if there is activity, let it lead to progress, amen? If there is a community group, we're going somewhere. If there is a sports life, we're achieving friendships and community, amen? If there is communion in the foyer, we're receiving from the Lord and we are going for it in Jesus' name. If there is children in kids' church, they're being set up to serve Jesus all the days of their life, amen? Because they're loved and cherished, honoured and prayed for. come to kids' church and they tell you about Jesus. You go to a kindergarten and you get a cold. <laughs> a bug or another unpleasantry thing going on. But the point I'm making is, is let's make sure that our activity is leading to godly progress. Amen? Do you believe that? Yeah. So faith is what makes the difference. Let there be faith in our activity. Let there be faith in our endeavours. One of the things about faith is, how do you know someone's got a spirit of faith? How do you know someone has got a spirit of faith? So I'm going to ask the whole front row, except my friend here, if he wants the rest, because he's hurt his ankle. You don't have to come up. You don't have to come up. You can help me, though. So all of you guys come up on the front row. Stand up here. I'm going to illustrate for you, try to give you a picture of what faith looks like in someone. Is that okay? Is that okay? It's all women. Oh, two guys. 
What does faith look like? Who's got faith? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? Is there any outward signs that someone's got faith? They all look amazing. Who's got faith? The one with a smile. They've all got smiles. Joyce. There's always two answers in life. Jesus and Joyce. (laughs) But listen to me, stay with me, because I thought if I can do this with the multiple languages going on, a picture can sometimes make up for a thousand words. They all look normal, like all of us. They've all got their challenges, they've all got their dreams, they've all got their aspirations, they've all got their fears, but they've also got a spirit of faith. But the challenge is, how do you know? How do you let the world know there's a spirit of faith in you? How do you let the world know there's a spirit of faith on you, in you, coming out of you? And this is a simple thing, it's not perfect, but it helps you to get an idea of what faith looks like. So faith looks like this. Faith steps out and faith steps up. You're not scared of heights, are you? Okay. So get back down. Let me help you. Faith steps out and faith steps up. Faith steps out and faith steps up. Faith steps out. Faith steps up. So that's how you know, step down, there's a spirit of faith. When there's a spirit of faith in you, you step out and you step up. Every time you take a step, faith takes you forward, not backwards. Now, faith is just an illustration, can take you backwards. Not faith won't take you backwards. A lack of faith can take you backwards. But this is the good news about having a spirit of faith. When one person steps out, it is infectious and it causes others to have a spirit of faith. But this time, they actually can go further because it's not a competition. You're in your own lane, but you're inspired by a spirit of faith. So faith can excel. Faith can step out, can step up can step out, can step up and keep going. You're stepping into new ground and you're stepping into new levels. You're not going backwards, you're going forwards. And that's how you know that you've got a spirit of faith. Am I stepping out? Am I stepping up? Or am I stepping back? So you don't need faith to step back. It's usually control that gets people to step back. You step back because you're in control. No, God's not in control. I'm in control. I don't like what's going on. Step back, step, step back, step back, step back. But what it is, it's not a spirit of faith that's causing you to step. It's a spirit of fear. Because where there's control, there's fear. Where there's faith, there's freedom. And that's why a spirit of faith is going to make the difference for you, me, us, as we coexist in a troubled world. So that's what faith looks like. People step out and people step up. And it's contagious. Unfortunately, people do step back. Instead of being inspired by someone's faith, 
they can't see what you're doing. They actually see it the wrong way and they cause it to pull back. So in other words, because people have filters, instead of using that as a good example, they actually sometimes say, well, I guess God loves them more than loves me. And they use it now to say, well, I guess I'm not loved by God. So in other words, everything about it's wrong, but it's pulling you back. The enemy would love to pull you back. Oh, he loves it when we step back. Not Michael Jackson style. We never do it that cool. It's just literally pull back, pull back, pull back. Pull back to what? Pull back to what? The old. An old relationship. I'll check it out on Facebook. I wonder if they're still around. I'll pull back to an old job, an old belief, an old habit, an old idea. Old, old, old. Let me tell you, spirit of faith doesn't take you to the old. It takes you to the new. New days, new songs, new healing, new waters, new revelation. God is never old. He is always new. It's a new morning. It's a new mercy. His grace is new every day. Come on, somebody help me preach. Amen. Step out, step up, step forward in Jesus' name. Give these guys a big hand. I hope that helps because pictures do have an ability to stick. But ask yourself today, am I stepping out? Are we stepping out as a church? Or are we pulling back? Are we stepping up as a church? Or are we stepping back? And that's what's going to make the difference. Faith. Is there faith in you? Is there faith in me? Is there a spirit of faith in God's people? How much more should God's people have a spirit of faith? We understand a world sinking under the weight of negativity, negative news, negative this, economy this, this, that, and everything else. Oh my goodness, what's happening with the elections next year? Who's getting in? Who's getting out? Who's stepping out? At the end of the day, it's about Jesus forever on the throne, leading through His people. A spirit of faith doesn't deny the facts. A spirit of faith just acknowledges that God is bigger. Bigger and better than anyone or anything. Amen. Can anybody help me preach today? So one of the side effects of faith or one of the evidences of faith in someone's life is not just their position of stepping out, stepping up. Is there's an evidence of courage and confidence. See, we often think confident people are arrogant people, but it's so far from the truth. Humility is always hanging around confidence. Confidence actually cannot be confident without humility. And humility is, I know who I am, I know who I belong to, I know what I can do, and I know what I can't do. Humility breeds confidence. And if there's a generation that needs confidence, it's this generation right now, because there is something huge on their lives but they know the world is not sustainable and they don't know how to fix it all. But there's a cloud of confusion over them, uncertainty that causes anxiety and literally causes an anxiousness inside of them. And God doesn't want this generation to be an anxious generation. He wants to be a faith generation that knows how to move into the future and knows how to solve problems. But you see, confidence is about knowing who you are and who you belong to. And it takes courage to keep stepping out. 
It takes courage to keep stepping up. It doesn't take courage to step back. So this is what we've got to wrestle with if we want to move forward as a community, if we want to move forward as children of God, as sons and daughters of the Most High. But there's an evidence of courage. There's an evidence of confidence. Arrogance is the opposite. It's, I don't know who I am, so I have to overcompensate. Arrogance is a really unpleasant thing to be around. But confidence is the promise of God for this generation in Jesus' name, amen. And that's the five o'clock service tonight. I'm gonna to talk about confidence and the reward it brings. Hebrews chapter 11 is our key scripture. The fundamental fact of existence is that trusting God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes sense, that makes life worth living. Towards the end of this scripture, it says, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe that He exists and that He cares enough to respond to those who seek Him. So God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. And you've got to ask yourself, do you want to live a life of faith or do you want to live a life of fear? So I didn't know any of this. I was 23 when I stepped into the house of God. No idea what faith was. Didn't know what it looked like. Didn't even know what it, I didn't even know what the word was. It wasn't a language in my vocabulary at that time. Lots of church words weren't in my vocabulary. But the thing is, I got into an atmosphere of faith. I got around people of faith. I got into the house of faith. I got into a place where faith, uh, let faith arise in Jesus' name. And faith became contagious. And I started to practice my faith. I started to practice, you know, stepping out in Jesus' name. And and that's caused us to do what we've done for all of our married years. And so let me, let me say this, faith, faith is like a currency with God. You've got to have something to trade with God. And it's not a trading agreement like crypto or something like that. It's better than that. It's God responds to faith, not fear. He responds to, it's like a language with God. Faith is a language. Faith is never blind. Never ever think faith's blind. I'm just stepping into no, 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 it's, it, that is absolutely not true. God has revealed who He is through His Word. Well, I've never read His Word. God has revealed who He is through creation. Oh, I do like the stars. Well, who made the stars? Who's behind the stars? He has revealed everything. He has not left us out. God is not the God that hides and says, try and find me. He is not that kind of God. It is not seek, hide and seek. God has revealed who He is and He's put the wonder and the majesty and the tapestry of His goodness through all of creation. And we are the only ones that He breathed the breath of life into. Conception, life eternal. And little ones live forever. The children have gone too young, live forever. That are babies that were not even, they're born, they live forever. God is a God of goodness and kindness and mercy. But let me help you understand this is God has initiated who He is to everyone. And yet, predominantly through the Word, predominantly through creation, God has not hidden Himself. He has revealed Himself. So obviously we can talk about that another day. But faith can be built on something tangible. God is good. And so I need you to understand, it's not blind, blind faith. It's not blind faith. It's faith, it's a trust in a good, good God. 
let me just move on. And I want to give you a few things here. And what I've done is I've just picked some verses that give you an idea of how broad faith is and what it looks like. Is that okay? Is there faith in the room? Is there faith in you? Is there faith in the atmosphere? Number one, faith starts with Jesus. Faith starts with Jesus. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 2. By faith we enter into what God has always wanted us to do for us. Set us right with Him. Make us fit for Him. We have it all together with God because of Jesus. Now how can you read that and be depressed this week? And I'm not being flippant or unpleasant when I say that because depression is real and people who have experienced it or if anyone is experiencing it, it is a horrible thing to live under or live with. So I'm not saying this unpleasantly, but I'm just trying to say is, at what point does the Word of God help us, lift us, build us, strengthen us? It has a purpose. I'm not talking about Bible bashing people. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about faith brings us into the very presence of God. It brings us into the fullness of what God has for us. Amen. So faith starts with Jesus. Number two, you can have strong faith. But wherever your faith is, it can get stronger. Now, if I got a whole bunch of you up here to do push-ups, push-ups. Front row? Okay. Now they're like. But if I said, let's, who can do push-ups first one to 100? You got three minutes. Now, most people I got up here in this room would probably be Maybe do 10, okay, three, <laughs> maybe even 20. Maybe some people can do 50. I mean, because they've practiced, they've practiced, they've practiced, they've practiced, they've practiced, and they've developed strength. They've developed strength. So what I need you to understand is, is it's the same way. You can have strong faith. Acts chapter 11, Barnabas was a good man, full of the Spirit, and strong in faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. So again, you having a strong spirit of faith helps other people. I don't believe having a strong spirit of faith puts people off unless you're misusing your faith. Like Bible bashing them or being unpleasant, egotistical or arrogant or whatever. But that's not a spirit of faith. That's actually overcompensating for insecurity. God can take a very shy kid and fill them with a spirit of faith and do amazing things. So you've got to understand that the work of faith is not limited to a certain gene pool. It can work in any pool. Amen? Work in any story. And that's what I love about God because God's not limited the way we are. So you can have strong faith. And even your faith right now, you might not feel like it's strong. I can only do three push-ups. But practice, you'll get to six. Practice, you'll get to 20. Practice, you'll get to 100. Really? Yes. You might take all day, but you can do it. <laughs> but strong faith is possible, amen? And it really has a benefit to the people around you. Number three, your faith can be a good example to others. Your faith can be a good example to others. Corinthians, uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 4. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus 
and your love for all of God's people. So even people can find out, I've heard of your faith. Imagine if people were to say that about all of us who have come from different walks in life. We're united under the purposes of God here in Berlin. And people have heard of the faith that's in this house. I have heard of your faith. Individualistically, individually or corporately, we or collectively, we have heard of your faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I love that we actually can be a community of believers where our faith is noticed in a good way, in a positive way, in a helpful way. And I love that this in says, I've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. I think that's a beautiful thing and it is something we can aspire to. Number four, your faith can be passed down the generations. How amazing that faith can be passed down the generations. Joyce here, my wife, our children are fifth generational through what God started with German missionaries towards Indian grand-great-grandparents. Um, Joyce has got a heritage of faith. Our children have got a heritage of faith through Joyce's side of the family. As far as I'm aware, I'm the first in my family. It's probably not true, but it's where I am at the moment in terms of my knowledge. I don't have a massive knowledge of every member of my family. I have got an uncle that was a missionary to Colombia, which is amazing. Like, wow, how did that happen? But what I'm trying to say is faith can be passed down the generations. You're here today. But maybe you here today in an atmosphere of faith is going to be reflected in the generations that come out of your life by the grace of God. Amen. And maybe not even biologically. Sometimes it's just spiritual generations. Amen. It's not always just a biological line. Sometimes it's the house of faith and you have sons and daughters spiritually, if you can talk that way. Generations of faith. They talk about the faith Christianity diminishing in Western culture. And I don't argue with that. I think the statistics say there's definitely a decline, but probably a decline in organized religion or maybe a traditional religion. I don't know what it is, but I know this. If you look at other statistics, there is a boom going on. Everyone say boom. boom. I just like that word, boom. Thank you for the three people who laughed. But there is an exponential working of the Spirit in different parts of the world. I read something yesterday, and I don't know how they get their statistics, so forgive me, I'm casual with this. But they say within the next 20 to 30 years, that it's possible half the population of China will be Christian. I don't know how they get that. But I tell you now, it's not an unnoticed thing that there are many believers in China. And so the world is perplexed about are we having a shifting of power and where is our global trade and this and everything else but God is at work whatever governments and whatever kingdoms and princes and kings and queens decide our king our Jesus is always working always working let faith rise so you got to understand let faith be passed down the generations don't let the oil stop with you well, I just got too busy. The job got too big. The money was too much. The lifestyle was so nice. The comfort was too appealing. I got addicted to convenience. 
Don't let that be in your story. And if it is, don't let it be the final chapter. Let there be other chapters. I overcome comfort. I overcome convenience. I overcome negativity. I overcome a good job. I didn't let it stop me from serving Jesus. That's what faith does. It can be passed down the generations in Jesus' name. 2 Timothy chapter 1, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that was first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know the same faith continues strong in you. Faith in Eunice, faith in Lois, and now faith in Timothy. Generational, amen in Jesus' name. Let your children be children full of faith childlike faith. Number five, your growing faith can help the church grow. There's no doubt if you're growing, we're growing. Your faith growing, our church is growing. And this is what it says. It literally says this, Acts chapter 16. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. It's the faith of this house that's going to make faith in Warsaw possible. It's the faith in this house that's going to make Prague a reality. It's the faith in this house that's going to be used in lifting up generations of believers for years and years to come. It's the faith in you, the faith in me. Is there faith in this house? Is there faith in me? Are we people of faith? Are we a generation of faith people? Amen. Because our God is a faith God. We walk by faith. We fight by faith. We pray in faith. We give in faith. We advance by faith. Faith does not deny the facts. It just makes God bigger than the facts. No one's rubbing away the challenges, the pain, the evil, the suffering. There is adversity. There are enemies. There are There is a, a, a demonic kingdom of spirits that work against the plan of God. Oh, He loves us to step back, but He hates us when we step up. He hates it when we step out. He'd love us to just have activity and no progress. I don't mind them singing their songs. I don't mind them clapping the claps. I don't mind them giving a few euros. I don't mind. Just don't step out. Don't step up. Don't get involved. Don't take it serious. Oh, the enemy would love us to shrink. He would love fear to grow, but he doesn't want faith to grow. Oh, But let me tell you, when faith is growing in you, faith is growing in me, if faith is growing in us, church will move forward. Number six, your faith needs faith friends. Choose your friends. The last thing you need when you're facing challenges is a negative friend. I knew you shouldn't have gone out of him. Oh, I know, I know you said it, you said it, you said it, but I don't need you saying that now. I need you to help me find a way out, find a way forward. We all know, we all know, don't we? Why did you do that? I don't know. You do know, I know. Why do I always pick the same kind of people? I don't know, my mother said that. But you need to move forward. Your faith needs faith friends. This is what it says. 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 15 to 16. One day David received news that King Saul was searching for him and wanted to kill him. What? 
Is anyone looking for you, wanting to kill you? I mean, who are you? What have you done? What business are you doing? What trouble have you got into? But David, David, his best friend was Jonathan. And Jonathan's father was wanting to kill David. Have you got a friend? (laughs) And your friend's parents want to kill you? That's literally what this is. I remember when I met Joyce, I had to meet her parents. <laughs> no connection whatsoever. But do you know how big deal it is when you meet? I, I, I like Joyce. I think Joyce is amazing. Now I've got to meet the parents. I didn't meet Joyce's parents. I met Joyce's family, extended family, cousins, aunties, uncles. They were as long as a train at Berlin Hauptbahnhof. I walked in the door and I was, hello, 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 hello. Like, I was meeting cousins of cousins. When Joyce met my parents, she met my mom, my dad, the dog. And the first thing my mom offered my uh, uh, Joyce was, would you like a drink, my dear? <laughs> Wasn't whiskey. But listen to me, listen to me. Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. Have you got them kind of friends? Stay strong. Don't give up. I know it's been hard. You need faith friends. You need friends of your destiny. They know what's on your life. Even when you struggle to see beyond your current situation, you need faith friends. Don't think and casual about it. Go after them. Pray for them. Believe God for them. But you need, we need faith friends. Number seven, the last one. Sometimes you need to fight for your faith. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. I want you to remember those prophetic words spoken over you and fight the good fight of faith. Continue to trust in God and do what you know is right. Some people have not done this and their faith is now in ruins. Don't let your faith become ruins. But fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight because you win. It's a good fight because God's with you in it, fighting on your behalf. We do not fight with flesh and blood. We do not fight political systems or ideologies. We fight with the weapons that God has given us in His name. We speak hope. Spiritual giants, because a spirit of faith knows how to pull down Lies that dominate people's lives. Amen. I have come to set the captives free. I'm anointed to bring the oil of gladness. I'm anointed to let the eyes open. I'm anointed to bring healing to the sick. I'm anointed to set the captives free. Amen. If that's what Jesus is doing, it's what we're doing. If that's what He's about, that's what we're about, amen? This is the house of God. This is a house of faith. We're a people of faith in Jesus' name. Let faith rise. 
for the generations. Let faith rise for commerce and business in a way that is God honoring in Jesus' name. Let faith rise in all endeavors in Jesus' name.